Episode 481 of the Chair Shop Podcast is here, back on this Sunday evening. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined as always by my ever dependable co hosts. First of all, Joe Towder. Hello, Barry. And also, my co host slash producer, Paul Griffin. Hello. Uh, we're back, lads. The the boys are back in town. All of that jazz. We've got a, a jam packed show this week. Following up, uh, uh, you know, uh, last week when I was away. How are things? How are we getting on? What have we been up to in the old life, Paul? Oh, me first. Um, yeah. Well, I was mentioned to Joe last week that I'd bought uh, a classic football jersey. Mm, uh, mm, mm. A, a 1994 Manchester United vintage. Now that jersey did arrive, oh. uh, but um, in typical Chinese fashion, because I bought it off a Chinese website. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a legitimate uh, jersey. Um, it's a little tight, a little bit tight on me. Okay. Um, so I've gone into super workout mode. To try and squeeze off the couple extra pounds that will allow me to wear that jersey, like it fits, it okay. fits, but it's a little clingy around the belly zone. Um, the old, the old belly, yeah. the old yeah. belly. Um, that being said, so basically, what I'm doing is, um, I'm working out like every day. Um, I have I have some weights at home, and I'm doing some little uh weight exercises and some little uh bit of cardio at the back garden like lunges and uh, okay squats lunges. and all that lunges plural Lunge, up and down the garden um and then also i did a ten thousand step walk the other day oh wow um so i'm really putting in effort i want my 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 objective is that by 12th of September, which is the start of the new football season, that I'll be able to wear You'll that. get the call, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Champions League and all that, you know, they could use some extra help, maybe. Um, but I'll, I'll be able to wear that shirt by September 12th. So it's hanging up in the wardrobe. I'm not going to touch it until that day. And, um, and then I'll wear it. Now, you... Uh... You mentioned the the uh, uh, dubious means through which you got this shirt. I assume Man United don't sell those shirts themselves, do they? They probably can't because they have old sponsor they have old sponsors on them and stuff. I'd imagine. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Like I, ha- I do have one. I have a retro replica which was bought legitimately. Um, but mm. yeah, as you say, it doesn't have the little Umbro logo. No. Which was on the actual jersey. So whenever I see it, I go, "Ah, you're only a little copycat thing. You're not real." You want the you want the umbro. You want the sharp. Yeah. You know, you yeah. got to have those two things. Yeah, um, with Cantona on the back, it's a oh, it's yeah. a lovely kit. It's a lovely kit, but it's a wee bit. It is a large, allegedly, a wee bit too small for me. So um, I'm I'm gonna fit into it. Trust you, me, and I'll post a little photograph. Oh, uh, I believe on the first on the first day of the season, me wearing it and going, "Look at me!" And you can't even see me belly in it or nothing. Um, now that being said, uh, Natty uh, yesterday said, "I feel a bit like a McDonald's," and I didn't push back too hard. 
I said, I said McDonald's it is then. And I had lots of McDonald's. So, you know. Oh, you've just reminded me of a traumatic, traumatic experience I had in the week, Paul. I felt a little bit like a McDonald's. And I ordered right. one. And when I say I felt a little bit like one, I got a large, you know, get a large. If you're going to order it, get a large. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got, it got an Uber Eats to the, to the flat. And when, it, when I looked in it, the, the chip um, receptacle device was uh, less than half filled what? To, to the to the degree that dare I say this was this was barely even a regular portion, let alone a small, um, let alone large. Rather, that's what I intended, uh, and it was quite traumatic. I still haven't recovered. I hope yours was better than mine. Uh, it was quite large. Oh, that just breaks my heart. Actually, I, I don't wish you yours was better than mine. Uh, it was lovely. It was lovely. Um, but yeah, and then we had McDonald's early on. Then around dinner, I got healthy again, right? I had um, carrots and celery and some lovely chicken fillets. I was like, that's a nice healthy dinner, right? But then we sat down to watch a movie. Popcorn and like Terry's chocolate orange and fingers and everything. So look. Oh, dear. Look, 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 you know, I worked out um, every day. Like I said, 45 minutes of exercise. Proper exercise. Like I'm sweating. I need to have a shower after each like session, right? Um, now, to be fair, I usually sweat that much like, walking up the stairs, but um, I I had a serious three three days from Wednesday to Friday. Like my arms yesterday were very sore. I had to put DP on my uh, my little elbow joints because they were sore from all the push ups I was doing. Um, but yesterday was kind of like my rest day, and I think yeah, I went overboard a little bit on it, but. Tomorrow we'll be back to the workouts every day. So hopefully uh, I'll get a net result from it anyway. And I won't be at McDonald's every day, you know. No, no. I believe in you. I believe in you. You've done so much great work so far. I'm, I'm confident you'll, you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll get there. I reckon another like 10 pounds. 10 pounds off and I'll, okay. I'll fit it, you know. Um, right, uh, right UFC now. fighter does that in like three days. I know. All I have to do is not eat anything. Drink, and just drink no water and don't eat anything and, and don't sleep. Severely and just go on, a, go, on a li- go on a little bike machine in a sauna for three straight days and I'll be wearing that jersey happy as Larry. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm 192 right now, so I'm hoping, yeah, if I get to around 185, I'll probably be able to wear it pretty comfortably. Um, we're also planning our first trip into the city centre. Tomorrow, since the uh, coronavirus started, we're going to go visit uh, Natty's parents, which we've not done since. Oh, wow. Just going to go for the night. And uh, that'll be interesting because I don't know how we're going to get there quite yet. Whether we get um, like a bus or a train, but that's going to be a weird experience being on one of those. I've not been on a bus or a train since, since this all began. Um, but I'm looking forward to going in, seeing how the world is outside of my little five-kilometer uh, perimeter that I've not stepped outside of since February. Um, and you're <laughs> sorry, I forgot about this as well, right? Um, after all the talk about this, like workout, working out every day, that we've already planned to have Burger King. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're in the same. Oh, but it's nice to have those things to look forward to, you know. I know. I, I'm going to have to work out X double hard because of the Burger King. But um, I think that's pretty much it for my week. Uh, just, just, just run around while eating it. That's what. Yeah. The, uh, wh- what can I do for you? <laughs> what do you want fries with that, sir? And can you please stop hopping up and down in our restaurant? Why have you? Why have you got a Nintendo Switch ring face thing with you? Why must you do that in the queue, sir? <laughs> why did you? Why did you try and get one of those? I've heard good things about that. I mean, I have actual weights. I think they're probably a bit better than a, a fake fake workout video game. Oh, oh, I know. Is it Jim Elitist all of a sudden? <laughs> I mean, my gym is my bedroom, um, which is funny because the other way, some exercises, when I used to go to the gym before the lockdown, some exercises you're lying on like the bench and you're pushing the weights up and I'm just lying with like my head off the bed. <laughs> it's not exactly a professional um, setting, but look. Doing the best I can. Um in my uh, in my time off, I was away last week. Obviously, um, my life guff. I've uh, been prepping the move and all that, which is happening next week. Very exciting um, about that. Not really much news on that front. Just you know, getting the keys and all that. Um, what else have I been at there? Yeah, a couple of other little kind of milestones um, uh, as we slowly ease out of the COVID era. Went for my first me- uh, meal at a restaurant slash pub. Um, uh, for the old anniversary I had there with the missus last week. Uh, that was really nice. It was really great. It, it felt very, you know, normal, uh, which was nice. Um, uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. And then, right, uh, we did that a few days before the, the actual anniversary. Then earlier this week, uh, we went to the cinema. Oh. Right? The, uh, yeah, this is a, we 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 dared to venture back to the cinema first time since since it reopened uh, post COVID. Um, we went to see a little number you might have heard of called "The Empire Strikes Back," um, uh, which I had not actually seen on the big screen before. I was not a, I've not been to any of the you know re releases or re screenings or anything at all like that. Uh, and I have to say, overall, the cinema going experience was great. Uh, lots of things I would like to keep um, going forward, which uh, the, the, that list includes uh, when you book online, the theatre immediately uh, auto-books two seats around you so no one else can take them. That's yeah. good. Uh, let's keep that on the regular, please. Um, they forego... This, this is something that I've always thought is pointless. Every cinema in the world has an online booking thing, but it involves booking online and then going and collecting a ticket at a machine. Whereas now, in the, in the COVID era, at least the Omniplex chain here in Ireland, what you do is you book online and they just send you a QR code and you just show that to get in. You don't you don't queue to, to get a ticket. right? Let's keep that. That'll be staying. Thank you very much. Stupid system you had beforehand, if I'm being honest, lads. Um... And of course, it has the usual uh, one-way, one-way track system, which again, perfectly happy for that to stay. 
uh, no faffing about. And also, because it's all old films they're showing, there was no trailers and barely any ads. Um, <laughs> so so that was good. Uh, yeah, so it's all, um, it's all uh, kids' movies from just as the pandemic was happening, Trolls and all that. Uh, Harry Potter 1, 2, and 3, Lord of the Rings 1 and 2, The Dark Knight, Empire Strikes Ooh. Back. Um, uh, a couple of other Disney Pixar things um, and so yeah we went for Empire Strikes Back and A delighted to be back in the cinema and B very glad I finally got to see uh, that film uh, in, in the cinema uh, I don't know specifically which version of it was I assumed it is the most recent I don't know Blu-ray or whatever re-release of, uh, of Empire Strikes Back but it's um it's one of the less egregiously like altered Star Wars. So it's probably the least egregious, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. um, the there's no hand shot first thing. There's what uh, Jedi has the the musical number, of course. Um, uh, A New Hope has the the moth, the the Moss Eisley scene with all the CGI camels and shit walking in front of the camera. Um. Uh, Empire Strikes Back just has the there's some really bad like 2010-ish CGI in Cloud City um, which doesn't look great but it's fine um, and whatever version it is that I saw they removed the uh, Luke yelling as he fell um, in the final which I know that was one thing they they had added him going ah! as he fell to after the, the big reveal uh, That's the, I guess that has subsequently been removed um, right, but uh, but yeah, so the cinema going experience was great, uh, and I was having a good week. And then Thursday evening, my phone died, literally just turned off. Um, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird. Maybe there's something up with it." And so I said, "Fair enough. I'll, I'll ignore that for now." And I am um, uh, I had to work the next day, so the the, the missus brought it into the. Uh, phone shops in town and they said yeah it's dead and uh, they, they didn't even charge her a a, a, a diagnostic fee or a, a hypothetical repair fee they're like it's fucked and i was like cool so I had to fork out for a brand new phone out of nowhere there in the middle of the week uh which was sad so rest in peace my my beloved pixel 2 uh, i did love that phone it was quite good but um that was my week um so highs and lows lads ups and downs but um, what about you, Joe? How's the week been? Um, it's been all right. Not not too much going on. Um, I did yesterday go and visit my grandparents for the first oh, yeah. time since February. So that was good to see them. Obviously, they've been indoors pretty much solidly since February, basically, or probably March, uh, shielding. So it's good to see them, cheer them up a bit. Obviously, and who would be cheered up by a visit from me? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. I did the whole the whole mask thing. Sat there, sat there with my mask on for three hours, um, which made eating and drinking difficult. But, oh, no. You know, you got to do what you what you what you need to do. Um, yeah, that was that was good. Um, Michelle and I did have grand plans to kind of go out a bit on Saturday, but then it absolutely pissed down all afternoon. So we just came home and had a, a fried chicken uh, delivered from Uber Eats. And that was as exciting as it got. So uh, yeah, quite quiet week, but uh, one one kind of highlight there. Yeah, the visits are nice, even with all the even with all the little things you have to do. It's still yeah. nice to do the old catch up. Paul, of course, you know, looking looking forward to hearing how the how the the visit goes next week. Um, 
And uh, yeah, that's life, Guff. You know, we're all soldiering on through the through the Rona. Um, and the other the other good thing I will say about the the cinema, if, if either of you two are considering it, I don't know if it's just lack of interest in old films or just trepidation, but it was also absolutely dead when I went. There was about three other people in the theater. I let me tell you, I have never been happier in the cinema than I was at this particular trip. It was phenomenal. Um, so so yeah. We'll uh, we'll we'll jump into the uh, the telly guff here. I haven't watched anything new. I'm rewatching Arrested Development, which I'm enjoying quite a lot. Of course, it's classic. Uh, and I've gotten the girlfriend to start watching Nathan for you um, as an excuse for me to rewatch it from the beginning. And oh my god, it's just it's like the first time all over again. It's so 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 funny. Um, and I'm thoroughly enjoying that. We're about halfway through season two now. Um, so yeah, really enjoying that. Uh, but nothing, nothing new on my end for the telly. What about you, lads? Uh, I watched a couple of things. Um, so I, I may destroy you, which is a, a new drama um, from Michaela Cole, who I, I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, she's done this this new drama, which has been taking the world by storm. It's it's HBO BBC co production. Um, so it's all about her experience of being. Uh, sexually assaulted while making her first series, Chewing Gum. Um, and it's a kind of dramatised, uh, I guess, version of the experiences she went through. So it's 12 parts of half-hour episodes, which is quite interesting because it's, it's a drama. But I like that they went with quite sort of fast-paced 30-minute episodes rather than, you know, a lot of drama. Let's drag it out to an hour because it's the drama. No, do it in 30 minutes much better um so it's a really interesting show it's very very creative very funny mm. very dark and also kind of you know involves, um whole kind of uh, you know, phenomenon of, of sexual assault and different types of assault um and you know and how women are affected by it in in this day and age and mm. gets into social media and kind of race and, and lots of other things as well so very interesting Show. Uh, we finished it last night, but I would uh, yeah definitely give that a big thumbs up and, and recommendation. Uh, for anyone that hasn't seen it yet, I may destroy you. Lovely. And uh, I think that was it. I also finished off um, on the other end of the spectrum. The floor is lava. So um, ah. you know, all the all the high quality stuff this week. Um, I finished that as well. Why did they save all the biggest arseholes for the second half of the season? <laughs> They were awful, weren't they? God, I think that was strategic. Um, I think that was strategic. It's uh, they. I, I would like love for that, and I'm sure it could happen. I would love for it to be remade in like literally any other country, um, uh, just because the Americans were just so. Oh my god, um, <laughs> you know, get, you know, I, I, I can absolutely see a British version happening. Um, uh, you know, that would perhaps be less obnoxious. Um, yeah. Yeah. What yeah. about um? How about you, Paul? What have you been watching? Um, I mean, speaking of roller coaster dangerous competitions, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars came to an end uh, on Friday. Uh, so we woke up Saturday morning. We we usually watch every Saturday morning, still in bed. Mm. It's kind of it's kind of become a thing for us this year. We always watch RuPaul on a Saturday morning. Mm. Um, however, I was um, 
we didn't. Well, first of all, we didn't watch it for uh, because we were watching. We were minding a dog. Um. So we we actually just by coincidence this week didn't watch it, uh, and then I was dutifully notified uh, by my brother who has zero interest in RuPaul, especially now that you know every conversation we have begins with oh on RuPaul da, 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 da. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't care he hates it he doesn't want me to hear, he doesn't want to hear about it from me but he said um oh did you hear about that Netflix spoiled the finale oh, I no. said no what, what happened yeah the thumbnail for the episode was the winner being <laughs> being crowned the winner I said oh he's here oh, that um, sucks that sucks <laughs> uh so I um Illegally downloaded the episode, and we watched it that way. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and then I checked afterwards, and Netflix, by that time, because this was probably 5 in the evening, 5, 6 in the evening, by that time, Netflix had updated the image. Yeah. But I, I I then, out of curiosity, looked on Twitter, what was the thumbnail, and oh, it was, it was bad. <laughs> it was just the ending of it. Um, so that sucks. I hope somebody got fired for that one. <laughs> Um, so now that that's finished, we are watching Canada's Drag Race, uh, which is the exact same show, but uh, it has no RuPaul on it. He he is not the host of this one, uh, much to the detriment of the show because he's kind of the larger in life personality that you yeah. kind of watch it for. Yeah. Um, but we're watching that at the moment, and uh, we've also started watching some of the old seasons because I've only watched the last maybe four years worth of stuff they put out so we've gone back to like 2010 um and we're enjoying that uh speaking of 2010 the soup which i'm still watching and which um frequently featured regis philbin who just died today Mm. uh from regis and kelly rest in peace um that's finally made the change to hd and now it's in widescreen because um, from 2007 to 2010, which we had been watching, it was still in like classic Simpsons four three ratio. Yeah, um, and it's yeah, it's nice to finally watch it in HD. Uh, the last ever standard definition, and therefore four three episode of the Soup was produced by Robert Rodriguez, which is really? what? Yeah, they they happened to be in like Texas. And he made an appearance on the episode, and then at the end they said, you know, thanks very much to whatever his production company is called for for hosting us this week. And so it's just a funny little bit of trivia. Um, it was also, speaking of flamboyant gay culture, it was also the end of the football Premier League season. Oh, uh, yes. Hello. Hello, which uh, worked out quite well for Joe and myself. We're two happy yeah. boys. Um... Uh, there was a bit I, like last week. I said there was going to be some twists and turns. There are going to be some some roller coaster, uh, you know, climbs and drops. There, there kind of wasn't as much as I, I thought there would be. More so towards the bottom of the uh, the table. Mm. Um, I was kind of hoping that Bournemouth would achieve the unachievable and not be relegated, but um, West Ham couldn't get that uh, that elusive goal to finish off Villa. But, you know, I think generally I'm happier having Aston Villa in the Premier League than Bournemouth. I kind of consider Villa a Premier League team anyway. They're kind of 
one of those foundational teams that I just yeah. I just associate with the Premier League and you know Bournemouth aren't that. Uh, all we need to do now, now we have Leeds coming back next season, we need to get like Coventry and Nottingham Forest back up there and Sheffield Wednesday. And Ipswich. Ipswich. Ipswich Town. Um, yeah. get, rid of, get rid of Wolves. Get rid of Wolves. Get rid of... Yeah. Wolves. Get rid of Norwich are gone now. Get rid of Sheffield United. Swap them. For Burnley. Them. Get rid of Bur- Burnley. Come on. Come on, that's a rugby Leicester league City. <laughs> um, I was in the week. I was more upset about the Wigan result than the the Man United result midweek. And anyway, Man United, as we as we discussed, turned out it's turned out okay. Yeah. Um. So we're watching that today. I don't think there's much else that we're watching. I, I watched some Simpsons episodes. Sorry, I, I misspoke. Um, oh, yeah. We watched, since Joe and myself had discussed it last week, I watched Team Homer, mm. which is a, I, I think it's like, a, it's a fairly good episode. There's some real good little gags in there. I don't think it's one of the stronger ones. Which one's this? Um, the Pin Pals, the bowling episode. Oh, I, I like that one a lot. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Not, not a class. And I watched one other one. What was the other one I watched? Because uh, I just I just picked two random episodes. They weren't even. I don't think they were even the same season. Um, what was the other one? Let me have a quick. It was like season six, I think. Uh, oh, Homie the Clown, which which was much funnier. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that's a tremendous episode. Um, I like as well the little feature we set up last week. I don't know if you want to do it again this week, Joe. We'll obviously have our our. Um, CS Simpsons uh, yeah. feature, but also Ooh. the feature where we we start reading out the Wikipedia entries for episodes and see how quickly we can get them. <laughs> like I quite enjoyed that last week. Oh yeah. yeah, that's the new feature which we will have this week. Okay, guaranteed. Uh, have we got any more TV to discuss, or are we? No, that's it for me. We're ready. We're ready. For I, think, I think. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think my only my only note my my. High point of my week, other than seeing my you know grandparents for the first time in six months, um, I broke my all-time record for fantasy Premier League points. So I've been, I've been playing it for fourteen years. Um, my previous high was two thousand and forty-nine points. Um, this year, however, finishing on two thousand one hundred and eight. So I've blo- broken my own record by nearly sixty points. So that's pretty good. Pretty good. Very happy with that. Yeah. Kevin De- Kevin De Bruyne, thirty eight points today. Get in. Yeah. Get in. Similarly, I my goal was to finish just over two thousand. That was my goal yeah. for this season, and I am currently on two thousand one hundred and one points. Ooh. So I think you pretty good. Pretty good. You you eked me out there. Um, the problem is. I joined, you know, Joe and myself are part of a um, a little league, right? Mm-hmm. I joined the league one week late, so my first week didn't count. Mm-hmm. And I played my triple captain in week one. So I always felt like, oh, this isn't fair. I, I'm, I'm a week off here. Um, there you go. Congratulations, Joe, anyway. I'll beat you next Thank you. Yeah, well done. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I only, I only compete against myself. I'm not, I never win any of the leagues, so... Best competition you could ask for. 
yeah, no, as long as you're doing your best, that's what matters. Anyway, into our double header of Simpsons features. Hell yeah. Um, basically, the plan is we're just going to keep adding Simpsons features until this just becomes a Simpsons <laughs> podcast. Eventually. Um, so the first one, uh, CS Simpsons, is where we look back at the corresponding episode number of The Simpsons um, to our um, episode number. So uh, we are on episode 481 this week, and therefore I shall be reading out the description for episode 481 of The Simpsons. Uh, This aired in March 2011, uh, and here is the plot. After saving Mr. Burns' life, Homer wins tickets to an NFL game between the Springfield Athens and the Miami Dolphins, taking the whole family. Okay. During during the game, everybody starts to dance in front of the screen, but Bart does not want to dance, saying, everybody dance now is a little bossy for his liking. Homer tries to make him dance by tickling him, but he inadvertently humiliates Bart in front of the crowd when he tickles Bart until he wets himself. <laughs> to make... To make matters worse, the stadium owners take pity on Bart and try to dry his shorts off by opening the roof. But Russian spy satellites capture the image of Bart with wet shorts, leading to widespread humiliation on the internet and an invasion by Russia who see his urine-soaked shorts as a sign of American weakness. Later later that night, Marge scolds Homer for hurting Bart's feelings and encourages him to enrol in a fathering enrichment class taught by therapist Dr. Zander. During the class, Homer casually mentions that he often strangles Bart for his behaviour. Shocked to learn of Homer's violence towards Bart, Dr. Zander conducts a series of treatments in the next session. Dr. Zander's friend, the the towering basketball player Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, teaches Homer what it feels like to be young, small and helpless by strangling him mercilessly all the time, even going as far as letting his friend strangle Homer as well. Unfortunately, the therapy works too well, and Homer can no longer strangle Bart, even when the boy misbehaves, because he's traumatised. Realising the anger management sessions have turned Homer into a pushover, Bart takes advantage and becomes a school bully, as the school can no longer count on Homer's aggression to protect them from Bart's pranks. Seeing Bart's abuse towards Homer, Marge decides to take Bart to Dr. Zander to change his ways, but to her shock, she finds Dr. Zander has become homeless due to the current economic downturn. (laughs) Marge, there's <laughs> still another paragraph to go. I gotta say, is this one episode? Oh my god. Marge begs Dr. Zander to fix Barton Homer for $23 and a can of beans, and he accepts. Dr. Zander takes Barton Homer on a trip while Marge and Lisa spend their time watching sad horse movies. During the trip, Zander tries several exercises to encourage Homer to have confidence in Bart, but unfortunately, Bart often abuses Homer's ignorance and enjoys when he gets hurt, much to Zander's frustration. The ultimate test for Bart and, Homer's rela- Bart and Homer's relationship is that Bart must save his father from being hanged in a tree. But Bart is more focused on, on text pranking Mo than looking out for Homer's welfare. Dr. Zander, realising how annoying Bart is, gets fed up and decides to kill Bart. Um, okay. But, <coughs> but Bart is the free Homer who saved him. In revenge... Homer and Bart sue the psychologist and are awarded his sole remaining possession, a hole in a large tree where he lives. A place where Homer and Bart finally reconcile and bond. That sounds like it could be the plot of the second Simpsons movie. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Oh. I guess the Russia thing was just a gag because it didn't seem to go anywhere. 
No, yeah, I think that was just a, a cutaway gag. It's hard to tell because these, these descriptions are very inconsistent. So, like, last week it was a couple of paragraphs. This week, the person who wrote it went into extreme detail on every gag and every plot point. But that, that sounds, yeah, quite awful. Oh, dearie me. It's, it's yeah. Well, it's when they acknowledge that, like, the strangling thing, for example, which is a kind of, you know, funny thing in the sort of earlier seasons. Whereas we all know that strangling a child is not a good thing to do. No. And they take that and turn it into an actual kind of plot point. Oh, you strangle him. Oh, he wears the same shorts every day. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not funny. Um, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page yeah. here. Because to me, that is one of the most convoluted plots from point A to B to C to D to E. Like, I'm just looking at it again. Yeah. After saving Mr. Burns' life, okay, one... Homer wins tickets to an NFL game. Two, everyone starts to dance in front of the screen, but Bart does not want to dance. Three, uh, Homer tickles Bart and he pees himself. Four, Russia invades. Five, the episode hasn't even started yet. You know? Yeah. This was written by uh, Bill Odenkirk, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, who is the younger brother of American actor and comedian Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. There you go. And Paul Rudd played Dr. Xander, apparently. Wow. That was uh, C.S. Simpsons. Uh, yeah, that was unfortunate. It really was. That was unfortunate. But anyway, on to our next feature, um, which I have titled, What Simpsons Is This? Um, Ooh, so what I'm going to do is gonna, I'm going to read out a classic, a classic Simpsons episode description. So it's going to be seasons one to ten. Nothing nothing beyond that. Okay. I'm going to read out the plot, and one of you two has to tell me the title of the episode. And I okay. need, you know, pretty much the exact title. The actual title, yeah. Yeah, close, you know, close enough to the title. Um, first person to shout it out wins a point. Okay. Are we doing uh, we buzzers? Are we? Um, shout your name? Yes. Shout, shout your name. Um, just so there's no cheating. Okay, ready. Here we go. Homer invests in pumpkins, but loses his entire investment. Oh. Late on a mortgage payment, he tries to borrow money to no avail. Oh. I don't know know the title of it. After Patty and Selma receive promotions at the DMV, Homer realizes they are his last resort. And I've watched this one recently as well. They agree to lend him money. On the condition that he becomes a humble servant. Homer begs Patty and Selma to help conceal his money woes from Marge, but she finds out anyway after seeing his IOU note to her. I know it, but anyone, I don't know the name of it. Yeah. Anyone, anyone wanna try guess? I'm trying to think what what the B plot might be, if that's going to give me any clue to it. I, I, I've watched this episode within within the last three months, probably, and I can't remember what it is. I've watched it in the last like month, I think. <laughs> like, I, it's not that long since I finished a rewatch. Um, I, yeah, I'm not very good with the Simpsons names, the titles. I, I, I yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm going to get this one. The problem was last week I couldn't get the Pin Pals episode. Because it has the blandest name, Team Homer. Yeah, like it's, Team it's Homer, not yeah. in your head, you know? 
I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. No, no guesses? No, the list, no. The listeners are screaming it out. <laughs> okay, the answer was Homer versus Patty and Selma. Oh, should have gotten that one. Should have gotten that one. Yeah, it's got a straightforward one. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah sometimes I'm, they I'm are. Like yeah. Ones, obviously. Mm. Yeah, classic versus one. Well, yeah. that was the first uh, first edition. We'll be back next week with that. Hopefully, we'll someone will get on the scoreboard. Yeah, uh, next week. Um. So yeah, that's a good feature. We'll we'll, we'll bring that back there next week. Uh, moving onwards and upwards, Paul. I've been waiting with 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 bated breath. What is what is the Last of Us Part Two update? Where are you at? What are you feeling? Progress wise, um, I'm about nine hours in. So I'm doing slowly okay. but surely. I'd say I played it about five. Uh, hours what is week. the? What is the? What was sort of the last significant story beat you saw? Um, mm, um, where am I in the game now? Uh, I well, I'm in. I'm in Seattle day two. Uh, I feel right. like I've been playing yeah. day. I feel like I've been playing day two for about two hours. Um. I, okay. Yeah, that's, 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 that's where you're at. That's roughly where I am. Um, I'm making my way to the hospital. Right. Okay. That's, yeah. That's, that's, right. that's perfect. Yeah. I've I've been really enjoying. I think the last two hours have been the. I don't say worst, but the the least exciting. Yeah. Like it's it's definitely just been a bit of an enemy rush for the last two hours where. You go into building, fight a lot of enemies, come out of building, other side, walk along a little bit into another building, and it's a bit like a little bit repetitive. Yeah, especially since, and you know, I'm going to keep it as spoiler free as possible. But what part? Yeah, yeah. For for a little while, you are without a companion. Yeah, and even when the gameplay does become a little repetitive, in terms of it just being like go into a building and fight fight the the whatever various enemies there are at least when you have another companion there's like little story beats throughout little mm-hmm. character moments when you're on your own it does become a little bit more boring yeah um i've really enjoyed the few flashbacks that have happened my favorite bit of the game so far was uh i'll just say museum that's, yeah, that, that's, yeah, my favorite, yeah. that's my favorite bit of the game so far um thumbs up I'm, uh, I said last week, I, I think last week I had, where was I last week? Downtown. I think I just started the downtown section last week. Yeah, that big open area, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I still feel the same about the game. Uh, thumbs up across the board. Love the story. Love the, the, the writing, the performances. As I said, this last session was a, a little bit, a little bit less interesting. But um, still, still a game that I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying, even if I'm not playing it at a rapid fire rate, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm actually I'm near enough to where you are on my second playthrough, and one of the things I have kind of felt going through again is yeah, those like that first day in Seattle. I mean, it is it is kind of just it is literally just that thing you're actually just talking about. It's you're just facing tons of enemies, but it, it primarily is kind of based around you kind of connecting with Dina um, uh, th- through the incidental dialogue and stuff like that. But in terms of like actual significant story beats, there's not a lot 
um, uh, there's nothing that really, really significant happening. Um, like the, um, I won't, I won't get into too many details because you haven't gotten there yet. But like, going to the hospital is like the first significant. Okay, here's 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 a story occurrence. Whereas like all the stuff on day one, you're like you're like following uh, a breadcrumb trail to try and to try and find someone who might know some information, and it's very very slow. Um, uh, and so yeah. So I feel like the, the, the story the story is the story takes a while to properly kick into overdrive, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and there's there's thankfully not too much time on your own, because actually I did feel the same. I feel like the game is inherently like those the both the games are about that interaction. You need to have that conversation. That's kind of what the the heart of the series is, really. Yeah. I did notice as well this last playthrough, a few little nitpicks mm. that kind of didn't necessarily annoy me or didn't necessarily affect my enjoyment at all, but just took me out of the immersion of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found a few enemies when I, when I would shoot them, they kind of started like, you know, when you see classic like Skyrim, um, not, you know, glitches where where a character will die in a chair and they'll just start like twitching it in the, in the middle of the air as they fall out of the chair. Yeah. I had one or two one or two characters as I would like shoot them ar- around a corner they'd like clip into something and start <laughs> twitching in midair. I also had one where, you know, I don't expect that you know, Naughty Dog would implement an extra mechanic just for this. So it's very much a nitpick, but I um I killed an enemy with a Molotov cocktail so they like burned to death. And as they died, uh, they let uh, a note down. And I picked up the note from the fire, completely unscathed. And I was like, this is a video game. The note the note has not been burned whatsoever. And I've, like I say, I, of course, I don't expect that, you know, Naughty Dog would account for that because it's such such a r- little thing. Well, but actually, I, it, 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 it's, it's something they would do, though, you know. Hmm. There's actually a section, um, um, uh, actually, I think it's any section with water. If you go into water and then you check your little menu that has all your notes on it, uh, depending, some of them are like objects and some of the objects will be wet. And so you're actually not yeah. wrong to assume they would do something like that. So I'm kind of, now that you've mentioned, I'm kind of thinking, oh, they probably should have actually. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a, it's not a huge deal. No, 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 no. Um, and then there was one other thing, which was, I was in there's there's a building with um what are they called the silent clickers they're like stalkers is stalkers it? yeah yeah and the whole deal is like they they you know, they don't make a lot of noise so you can't mm. use your your R1 to see where they are but the area I was in I would like hear them sometimes I would hear like a, a wailing or mm. whatever noise they do and I'd hear R1 immediately and there would be no sign of them and I was like okay yeah why can I hear them, but I can't you like I understand this the sense of hearing and seeing through walls isn't like real. It, it's a video game mechanic, fair enough. But I'm like, well, either don't have them make noise at all, or like yeah. when they make a noise, if I hit R1 quickly enough, I should at least get a glimpse of where they are, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, they, they they nerfed the the listen mode a lot in this game. Uh, even on like normal difficulty, I thought it was not useless, but it's not like I feel like in the first game it was actually overpowered, and then here, yeah, there's lots of situations like that where I'm like, okay, this is kind of kind of frustrating because I feel like I should be seeing more than I am. Yeah, and you know, one criticism I have of it, which I think is 
pretty much the same from the first game is it does encourage you a lot of the time to be like stealthy Mm. especially as you know dogs get introduced and it's like well move around a lot to avoid being seen and that so in the immediate aftermath aftermath i didn't have a bath in the game um the immediate <laughs> aftermath of getting the the bow and arrow i was like right i'm gonna play like super stealthy now right uh the problem is is when one person sees you there's suddenly 40 people running at you yeah and so i i went from trying to play super stealthy to just like barricading myself in house and shooting people as they came in either entrance until there was like 10 10 dead bodies piled up. <laughs> you know and Sometimes the game encourages stealthiness, but because of the way the gameplay is actually designed, it's often more beneficial to just sometimes run run as fast as you can through the area because there'll often be like a little a place you have to go or um, a cutscene will start once you get like it's it's often more important to just make your way through the area like the uh, the ending area of the first game. Yeah, like there was no point to kill anyone; just just run as fast as you can to the end you know mm. and that's a little bit annoying where you know you you can be as stealthy as as you possibly can but the second you do get seen there are everyone in the area will come running at you so it's, it's yeah point. you're almost better to just run run in with a shotgun and take out as many as you can before they start running at you yeah uh yeah so we will uh report back in um next week i'm glad you're enjoying the the flashbacks i mean because they're like that stuff, especially when when you're kind of finished and 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 you kind of you reach the end, uh, that stuff is like so important. It's not just like twee little. Oh, here's a little fond memory to like break up the break up the gameplay. It's like that they they provide really good context for the story that I really love, and and you've got some good ones coming up um, uh, soon. They're they are spattered throughout the game, which is good. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't uh, I haven't been playing it much this week. I've got some stuff lined up that once I finish this this second run through of Last of Us, I want to I want to move on. Uh, I uh, Brona did get me a copy of Ghost of Tsushima for our anniversary, which I was very thankful for. I can um, play that. Sage, I think I'll get that for my birthday. Yeah, it looks it looks really cool, um, and it looks like a good palate cleanser as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I also, from when I cancelled my my physical edition of Last of Us, I, st- I still haven't started Doom Eternal. Um, uh, so I have that, and uh, just released this week. I want to get around to playing uh, Carrion. The uh, have you seen that? It's like the um, side scrolling. It's like basically like you're a kind of a John Carpenter monster uh, uh, type I've thing. Seen it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that was I'm on not, Xbox Game Pass, so I've I've grabbed a copy of that. Um, uh, the people who made that made a game called Butcher, which I really enjoyed, which is a side-scrolling shooter. Whereas this looks like a, a completely weird other thing. So lo- lots of stuff to get to, but I, I the only thing I've really been playing is a, a phone game, uh, Golfing on Mars, um, which is a sequel to I can't, oh what is the name of it? Um, Desert Golfing, um, which is another phone game, and it is literally the most basic two uh, D golf thing ever it's just a uh, really basic uh two-dimensional planes not a lot of details it's not any kind of graphical uh, power powerhouse and it's just a touch-based 2d golf game but the, the thing is that it's essentially never-ending it's insanely long and it's just a never-ending uh, uh series of uh, angular and weird and kind of uh, uh, 
challenging golf holes. There's no par on any of them. It is literally just an endless little fun golf game on the phone. I'm enjoying that quite a lot. It's a good time killer. It's a good toilet game, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's all I've been playing, but I want to I get some of that other stuff soon. Uh, what else have we got on the list here? Um, uh, well, I've been playing one game, um, in addition to Last of Us. I got, um, an iPad game called Unblock Ball, Block Puzzle. It was one of those games I saw an ad for on YouTube. Um, now I don't, uh, have a go at me because obviously those games are trash. You know, you know the way you always see those, um, pull the pins out and get the treasure. <laughs> games right i saw yeah, by the way, yeah. i saw an ad by the way for a game that's like you know those fake ads you see of those well here's the real game where that's actually a thing <laughs> i haven't got i haven't got that by the way don't worry but um i got one where it's like a little you know those sliding puzzles that have like 16 squares and you have to push them around to make like a picture. Yeah. it's kind of like that but you're you're creating a a path for a ball to move from like a start to a finish. Um, but there was like ads after every level. Every level was like, would take me five seconds to complete and then there'd be 30 seconds of ads. And I was like, oh, f- fuck this. I believe that. So I don't recommend, I do recommend Last of Us Part 2. I don't recommend Unblock Ball Block Puzzle. <laughs> it's bad. No, okay. And that's the, uh, that's the game golf for the week. Um, what about movies? Who's been watching movies this week other than me in the cinema? Uh, just the one for me. Watched a, an independent movie on Netflix called um, Short Term 12, okay. um, which is about a kind of care home for troubled kids. Um, it was released 2013. Um, it's not like a... It's, it's this good little movie. Um, kind of following the relationship between the, the carers and the kids. And the most notable thing about it, I think, is just the cast because it's a kind of who's who of who would go on to to be famous. So you've got Brie Larson as the, the oh. lead. You've got Rami Malek as a supporting um, sporting actor. You've got Lakeith Stanfield um, as another supporting mm-hmm. actor. You've got Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine another supporting actress and Caitlin Dever as well from um, uh, Booksmart. Booksmart. Yeah. Booksmart and that Netflix series. So yeah. So it's an amazing cast. It's one of those you go, they were in it. What? They're in it. What? Um, Yeah. So it was decent movies on Netflix. Um, I wouldn't say go out of your way to watch it, but yeah, if you're in the mood for kind of little sort of heartfelt dramatic indie movie with a lot of uh, very recognizable faces in it, then, that's one for you. I remember the hype about around it when it came out, but I never got around to seeing it. Mm. So maybe, maybe I need to check it out. It's not too long either. It's only 96 minutes according yeah. to oh, the, the Wikipedia. It's on Netflix, yeah. Uh, what about you, Paul? What have you been watching? I watched one movie. Would you call it a movie? Um... We watched Hamilton on Disney Plus. Okay. Uh, so I'm I'm a bit in two minds about how to really categorize Hamilton. Like, is it my favorite film of the year? 
because it's a it, it uh, you know it came out this year on Disney Plus, but it's a recording from like 2016. Yeah, and it's a opera slash musical, like stage musical, and it's just a filmed version of that. Is it therefore a narrative film? Is it a a documentary? Like I don't know really how to categorize it. Well, I, I yeah, I wouldn't call it a documentary, but it's not a movie. No, I mean, filmed live performances of theater has been a thing for ages. I I, I don't think it's considered a film. No, it's not. Yeah, but then I I watched it as a film. You know, I didn't watch the the musical in a theater with live actors. I've watched it on Disney Plus like I would watch anything else. So my experience of it is. A TV show, but it wasn't on TV, and it's two hours. Not every, sorry, not every recording of video content needs to be classed as either a television show or a film. It's a recording of a play. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can, well, you know, you know, like I know we don't have cinemas anymore, but you know, you can go to the cinema and see a recording of a play most weekends. They do that often. Yeah, yeah, but I don't watch those. And those aren't they well, considered they, for those aren't they they considered exist. for Oscars. They, they exist, Paul. Even if you don't watch them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you a little, a little uh, something, something here, right? If go you on. go to the i, if you go to the IMDb top two fifty, mm-hmm. what's what's there at number five? Hamilton, twenty twenty. It's, so what? So what? Yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> where where is man getting hit by football ranked? <laughs> so anyway, let me discuss Hamilton outside of this weird circumstance in which it exists. Right. Um. I I've never seen Hamilton live. First of all, I don't know, Barry, probably not. I don't know, Joe, if you've ever had the the opportunity to see it with uh, with Michelle. Okay. You have seen it. I have okay. seen it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, as I said, this is a 2016 recording of it, I believe, which just came out on Disney Plus in the last two months, I think. Yeah, less than that. It's just beginning of July, I'm pretty sure. Let me, first of all, give you an idea of my level of ignorance going into this because you know the best way to see a film is is not knowing anything about it right blindly blindly so don't laugh at me when i say this right i thought it was a uh, about a place called hamilton not a person <laughs> i didn't know anything about it i didn't know it was about the founding uh, fathers i didn't know that there was a person called Alexander Hamilton. I, I know nothing. I'm going into it blind, basically. Well, that's probably the best way to do it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you know? I am. <laughs> who? <laughs> I, I am a fan of musical theater, as Homer said in that one episode. I love legitimate theater. Um, and so I don't know. I didn't really have much in the in the way of expectations, aside from knowing that it's like massively popular. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I must say, I was really, really impressed with it. 
I thought it was incredibly well written, like lyrically. I thought it was Ooh. very, very smart. There was a lot of uh, clever rhymes. There was a lot of like internal rhymes, kind of shifting rhythms. It was very, 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 very well done and very modern, which I like the juxtaposition of like the modern approach to what is like a very old story set in like the 1700s, right? Um, everyone's fantastic in it. All the actors were great. I thought Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's obviously like a genius, who's, who's made this, this thing. The mm-hmm. fact that he was in it with his little Lin-Manuel Miranda goatee, I did, <laughs> he did kind of stand out as like, he's a, he, he like a little nerd man. What's he in this for? <laughs> but you, I must say, I must say he was he was really good in it. I thought everyone was was great in it. Um, the songs are all like it's interesting fantastic. Say when um, Shell okay. and I saw it live, it wasn't uh, it wasn't Lin Manuel Miranda. It was another guy on the London yeah. production, and he was a very he was a, a very handsome gentleman, tall, very charismatic. And I kind of wondered how how that would contrast with seeing Lin Manuel Miranda, who is a bit of a little nerdy fella. And was yeah. the sort of David Brent goatee. I kind of <laughs> wondered how that would sort of change the whole sort of production because you've got this, you know, Hamilton's supposed to be the underdog, it's supposed to be kind of, you know, fighting against everyone else. Um, yes. So if you have a kind of very commanding, charismatic guy in the role, then it kind of doesn't come across as well. That's what I thought anyway. Hmm. No, I, I, think he, I think he was great. And I think him being a little nerdy boy. A uh, little milk boy, if you will. At points, <laughs> ser- <laughs> at points it served the story well, and at points it kind of didn't. Like there's bits where, as you said, Joe, he's like the underdog, and he's this this very intelligent, known like writer who'll use his his intelligence as a weapon more than like you know brawn or mm. other nefarious means that maybe other characters would. Um, but then there's bits where like. There's there early on there's like two women who are like fighting over him and he then later on gets in, involved with a third woman. You're like, this little bad would maybe get one woman if he was lucky. Oh <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, um Yeah, I, I mean my favorite bit of the entire play I think came in like the first 30 minutes. I don't think it's fair though, to say that, like, it peaks early. Because I think it's pretty consistently strong throughout. Um, I think the... I, I don't know what the name of the song is, Joe, but if I was to say it's the, like, rewind moment, I'm sure you'd know what I mean. Um, that, to me, was, like, my favorite part of it. Um, and, I yeah, I was surprised how... For, for what is, especially for a non-American, for what must be, like quite an uninteresting story unless you're big into history like i don't particularly care about uh john adams and uh washington and you know uh what's the name of the guy the very the various politicians in the early thomas jefferson the various politicians in in kind of the early years of the 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 u.s but they did a really great job of like fleshing out all the characters um, and making certain characters like likable. Other characters were maybe a, 
I don't think there's anyone in it that was necessarily unlikable, but certainly more like subtly done to make them kind of veer into antagonist territory. Um, yeah, I thought it was really, really great. I, I, I would struggle to pick out a flaw in it, to be honest. Uh, although the Disney Plus version is censored. Um, that is to say there are some F-bombs in the in the play which are which are censored on the Disney Plus version. That's lame. It is lame, but Disney don't put anything over PG-13 on their streaming service. And so I think they need to just roll out they need to roll out like I mean, to be sustainable going forward I mean just to keep people interested I I really hope they roll out parental controls and just let and put more stuff on there and let people block it off as they see fit. Um, yeah, I think they're I think they're going to the fact that Disney as a brand is strong enough like just put the Disney movies on people will pay for that. Yeah, but, you know, probably. But even Nintendo will have, you know, Resident Evil on their consoles once in a while you know yeah. i think to just be so kitty facing is going to ultimately not work in their favor like i'm very much of the mindset look when i get through the majority of my watch list i'm just gonna cancel it like i'm not I, there's nothing on that that at least in terms of like new content that really appeals to me at all but hamilton uh i thought it was really really excellent um it's hard to judge it as a film. Like I went to full ten on Letterboxd, but I I haven't put it on like my twenty twenty list. I don't really know what to do with it aside from like as a pure entertainment thing. If you if you have not seen Hamilton and you know, as popular as it is, it seems very difficult to go see it in the proper uh you know uh like go see it in the theater. Like we, we don't get that over in Ireland, and if we do, it'll be sold out immediately. You have to basically go to London or to the US to see it, and even those shows yeah. are probably different tickets for. So, like, look, if this is your way that you're going to see it, it's it's a really, really top notch production. Um, great choreography, great songs, performances across the board are like ten out of tens. So you're really, really going to enjoy it. Uh, so yeah, that that's kind of all I could say about it. I thought it was really excellent. Yeah, I want to check it out at some point. I do. Um, and to be fair, I think the censorship didn't really affect my enjoyment of it. Uh, fair enough. I mean, it's still the predominant way to see it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've spoken to people who said, you know, that that would really irritate them, the fact that it's censored. And it's like, you know, Marshall Mathers LP is censored on certain songs. Um, so, and, and that doesn't affect my enjoyment of the, of the record. So it's fine. You can just shout them out yourself, can't you? Exactly. Uh, kids from Columbine, send them all in line. AK-47, a revolver in nine. Oh, Hamilton does sound good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched some movies. Uh, also on the Disney Plus, I watched the first X-Men Um. From Ooh. the year the year two thousand, which yeah. is a movie I have very 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 fond memories of, and I was watching it, and the first half hour was great, and I was loving it, and then like it's it's kind of keeps going on, and it's actually not it's not amazing. I I I think I remembered it a lot better than it actually is. Um, 
that might also be due in part to the fact that it created the formula that would then be done 70 times in the in the in the 20 years since it came out but uh great film you can see why it's why it's uh influential uh great performances you know i really like hugh jackman and and patrick stewart and ian mckellen everyone below that level maybe not so much you know some of the supporting aren't great you got ray park in there with a speaking role um yeah for for some reason that don't need to see that um <laughs> i remember going back to x-men because i didn't i actually didn't like x-men when i first saw it and i yeah. revisited it and the i i really liked that first one i think it's i think it's really good but what struck me and I've got a contradiction now, Barry. I thought that Hugh Jackman was rubbish in it, and I thought that Halle Berry was rubbish in it. Mm. Well, Halle Berry, yeah, I, I didn't like Halle Berry. Uh, Jackman, I don't know. He was, it, I mean, it was not as you know nuanced and interesting as some of his later stuff as the same character. As Logan. <laughs> yeah, but so, you know, but it also it also has the. Uh, I think there is an inescapable, no matter how much I try, there's an inescapable nostalgia to it because, like, much like, like the first Raimi Spider-Man, like, I, I can't watch this movie or that movie and not instantly remember being in the cinema and be like, oh, my God, like, that's Wolverine. It's so cool. They got it so right. He's, you know, it's, it's exactly what you wanted when you heard they were making an X-Men film. You know what I mean? Same with Spider-Man. So I think there's... Sure. It's it, it's inherently linked, but yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's a very good um, and very understandable why it was so influential film. But I, it's not it's not the best of its series, and it's not the it's certainly not in the in the the top tier of of superhero films. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a weird thing to talk about because again, you're, you're, it's I mean, it's literally the first post, you know. Batman and Robin and Spawn and all those other fucking duds that killed the genre for a couple of years. Like it is the first one that came along and said, "Look, let's 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 get this this back on track." Um, you know, predating Spider Man as well and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I watched that. Uh, I'm probably going to keep going through the series. They are they're not all on Disney Plus, but like the first three are, and a few a few a few of the later ones are as well. So I, I might watch more of those in the coming weeks. I got a desire uh, during my time off. I don't know why. It was instantly killed. I, I wanted to watch some video game movies because I realized I've actually not seen uh, most of most video game adaptions, you know, with good reason because they all have a terrible reputation. But I was like, oh, I kind of want to see what, you know, I don't know. I can't remember how I came around to this point, but I saw Assassin's Creed was on Netflix. So I stuck that on. Um it is not any kind of like Uwe Boll train wreck film, but it is it is incredibly boring. It is an incredibly boring movie um, with a couple of cool ideas. There's, there's some stuff in there where you're kind of like, oh, you know, you almost you almost got there with this. It, much like a lot of the games, it's kind of like, ah, there's some cool stuff here. I, I sort of wish the rest of the package was uh, was together. Uh, Fastbender, really boring in this movie. Really boring in this movie. Um Although he did not have much to work with. So yeah, uh, that was that. And then uh, probably the best film I watched was The Nightingale, uh, which was the second film from Jennifer Kent, who is the Babadook director, writer-director. Paul, have you seen this? I've not, but it's on my list. Uh, yeah, so so I I I honestly was not even I had not heard of this. I did not even know uh, she had uh, 
produced a second uh, or directed a second film. Um, uh, this just came out, I believe, last year, or was it 2018 festival film, and then came out last year. Uh, yeah. So I watched it. Uh, it is not as good as The Babadook, which is a fair, you know, fair enough. That's a, that's a, a lofty um, bar to clear, but it is, it is excellent. It is very good. Uh, and I feel like Kent kind of has a style already that feels very distinctive. You know the way in the Babadook, some of the the quieter scenes, like the little noises. It's a very kind of quiet film, and there's a lot of very creepy noises that are not. They're not uh, doing the old uh, jump scare conjuring movie thing where they're banging a, a symbol and showing something up at the camera. But there's just a lot of uh, uh, you know skittering around and, and and creepy little noises that you might even miss. Uh, if you're not paying attention, it's got that same kind of style. But other than that, it's a completely different film. Uh, it's not, you know, it's very much not just she made another ghost movie. Um, it's set in eight, uh, 19th century Australia. Um, and the main character is an Irish convict uh, who goes on a revenge mission to uh, uh, avenge uh, uh, avenge an atrocity committed against her by a British general. This is right up there with, with Black 47 as proper. They've leaned into colonial Brits as, as kind of like, you know, uh, we've made a million movies about the Nazis being pricks. Let's, let's move into something a bit, a bit, a bit tastier. Um, they really lean into it in this movie. I will say about this movie, uh, I was someone recommended... I watched this, and they uh, uh, and they said, you know, you know, but it's um, you know, it's a revenge movie, and it's it's quite grim in the opening act how they set up. Yeah. I I I don't think I was prepared. I really don't think I was prepared. It's quite horrible. It is quite a a very uncomfortable, and it's it's, and then as the movie gets going, it's not as bad, but it's it's not it's not a a, a jolly old romp for the remainder of the film either. It's quite upsetting. It's it's not it's not going to be for everyone. Um, I would, I would, I would stress that certainly before before you, uh, people watch it. Um, it's very, very intense. I was reading up after after the fact they, you know, they had the the the, the, the you know the, the the classic the walkouts at the festival. People disgusted with the with with the content of the film before it even finished. Uh, thing, things like that. It's very upsetting though. It is I, it is quite quite intense. So I, I will say that for anyone um, thinking about it, but it is excellent. Um, uh, and it's another it's another great film, and it's it's. Uh, interesting setting like you know what i mean that's i have i don't think i've watched a film you know set in australia at a time when it was you know a a a, a penal colony for for britain you know that's a, a very interesting setup so um yeah very good but very tough um yeah i think that's our movies for the week is it yep. i believe so uh, we can jump in to the wrestling, I suppose, then. Uh, did anyone watch any of Extreme Rules? I did not bother. <laughs> no. I watched Eye for an Eye. Oh. Well, I didn't. Oh. I watched just the very end of it. Oh, okay. Out of, well, a, yeah, morbid, out, out of a morbid curiosity. Oh, man. What a pathetic little attempt that was. What a cop-out. It's it's so weird though because they the, the the result right you would understand if for some reason an external force had forced them into a corner where they had to do this right but they came up with the idea themselves and that was it oh yeah. he'll have a little 
He'll have a little ping pong ball in his hand and he'll hold it up to his mask. Oh, it was embarrassing. It was it was honestly sad. Because there was there was rumors going around that um, they were going to do CGI um, and all this other stuff. I would have loved their crappy CGI. Um, uh, I like like I can't imagine how horrible that I I don't you know, like you know those crappy AR graphics they used to do for like entrances. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a, yeah, just a, an, an early PlayStation Three eye hanging out of Rey Mysterio's head. Um, but and I was so disappointed. And you knew that they knew it sucked because that you can it's you have to like do a screen grab in one second to see the eye because they did not linger on it because there was nothing they could linger on. You know. Mm. Um. Yeah, I've just I it it would be the kind of thing that you'd be embarrassed to have someone walk in. Like the old classic, someone walks in while you're watching it. What are you watching? Oh, the, nothing. <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm watching RuPaul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that is genuinely, infinitely more socially acceptable to watch now <laughs> than, than WWE specifically. Yeah. There was talk that they did have a CGI thing that was vetoed by Vinch, I've heard. Yeah. Um, and apparently, I, I did see on Twitter that someone had mentioned that's they had their their yeah, well, there was water cooler talk about someone's eye got taken out in the wrestling, mm. but oh, it was so shoddy done. I mean, they honestly could have just had the old um fucking squeegee ketchup packet in the mask effect and have <laughs> because, because it's because it's pre-recorded just have him put a funky like contact lens on that looks like a yeah. like a dark red like like the eye is empty you know there's stuff they could have done but that's that was the one that they went with and it was the least convincing cheapest effect oh it was so so bad Yeah, it was bad. Um, I watched about 20 seconds of the Bray Wyatt thing, and I was like, nope, no thanks. That's 20 more seconds than I would spend watching that. Oh, it was horrible. Anyway, uh, this is enough of that shit. Who watched Dynamite? Yeah, Dynamite was great this week. Dynamite was the the least depressed I felt about wrestling in quite a while. I thought, yeah, very fun show. Um, great opening. Um, Eddie Kingston. Yeah. The guest did cut a great promo. Um, really, really. Do good you know promo. what I liked most about the promo, though? Aside from it being a very good promo, is is that I I understand I understood completely his character from the promo alone. Now, fair yeah. enough, I've seen Eddie Kingston before, but even omitting what I know about Eddie Kingston, if that was the first time I had seen him, you get completely who he is, what his agenda is from yeah. what a, a four minute promo, if even it was if absolutely. Even, yeah. It was absolutely ticked all the little objective boxes that it needed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you understand his uh, motivation, as they say in the, the theatre world, um, <laughs> and a good, good, good match as well. Good, very good. solid match. Um, didn't have these quite short sort of matches, Cody. 
he hasn't been going for the kind of big 15-20 minute barn, barn burners but yeah just a good good kind of match um, the only thing I didn't like is when commentary were talking about Eddie Kingston being on a diet because I kind of felt that like ruined his tough guy rep like oh he's trying to lose some weight yeah he's on a uh, slim fast you know <laughs> it was like when JR referred to Wade Barrett as having a degree in marine biology <laughs> It's supposed to be a bare knuckle brawler from you know Yorkshire. <laughs> well, maybe Eddie Kingston's got a football jersey he needs to fit into, you know. <laughs> Straight from China. <laughs> uh, but I like the match a lot. Yeah, that yeah, was great. And um, next week, Cody versus War Horse. It's kind of a comedy thing, but. Uh, he's a good wrestler. He can he can have a good match. I think he, he'll he'll have the usual fun Cody TV opener. I'm, I'm sure of that. Yeah. Um, what else was on this show? Did we have MJF next? That was you know M- that was right. Yeah, MJF. Well, we had a Moxley promo first. Oh yeah. Which, uh, I I think it was a mistake putting the Moxley promo so close to the Eddie Kingston promo. Okay. Because while Eddie Kingston came off. As I said, very well, very clear in his motivation, uh, very legit. Moxley did that thing where he just kind of rambled for a minute, and it didn't. Yeah, it wasn't as cohesive or as strong. I would, I would have maybe saved it another segment just to have it stand out on its own a bit more. It's understandable, yeah. Uh, had MJF beating a. A, a tall jobber, jungle man. Uh, jungle man. They, they, they. The gimmick of this was that that your man was saying MJF lost a tag match, and so MJF wanted to pummel him until he admitted MJF was undefeated. But I feel like your man sort of didn't really have the charisma for the amount of talking they were giving him during the match. No. Yeah, he wasn't really. Uh, which is fine. I mean, look, it didn't matter. It was just a. It was just about MJF. So yeah, it was good. The usual fun MJF stuff. Um. I like that finish that MJF uses the uh, the little pile driver from on the apron. Yes, yeah, I like that. Uh, did we get the um, Falls Count Anywhere tag? Was that next? No, that was much uh, there later. There was a, there was a Taz oh. promo. Oh, the Taz promo. Yeah. Dar- Darby Allen came out to uh, exact revenge. Oh yes. Oh uh, my god! And he got uh, murdered. Oh, Ricky Starks killed him, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God <laughs> almighty. Um, I hope he's all right. Apparently, he, someone, he did get I haven't concussion. seen someone hit the ropes. Oh, really? Did he? Oh, I, better yeah. I was going to joke about it, but maybe I was going <laughs> to say, I haven't seen someone hit the ropes that hard since China threw Vince McMahon over the top in the corporate room. Oh, that's a great... That is a, I, was gonna, I thought you were going to reference Enzo and... Um, uh, Simon Gotch or whatever it was. Oh, same thing. Um, yeah, t- that's th- that's a great callback though. Uh, yeah, God, fucked him up. I I like that they've uh, they put Starks with Taz and Cage. I think that's a good unit. That's a it good, is. interesting like little, little uh, yeah faction. I really wish they put Nyla with Taz and not Vicky. <gasps> That would make sense. Because just give give Taz just a great badass uh, faction. 
you know, and Stark is kind of small, but whatever. You know, he, he can talk really well, though. So, you know, uh, Nyla with Vicky, that's a bit... I like Vicky, but ugh, it's just comedy. It's it's too comedy. Yeah, it's to a me. bit jokey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll see. Maybe, you know, AEW, it seems like they're giving people a decent amount of creative freedom. So maybe Vicky wants to try her hand at being a real deal heel again. And, and, and so, so we'll see. But, um, but yeah. Um, God, they're making great use of Taz, though. I mean, I'm loving Taz. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I wasn't huge on. Sorry, go ahead. Bro. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say I was. I wasn't huge on Moxie coming in with the barbed wire bat. Hmm. I think I'm not big on Moxley much lately at all. I don't quite get what he is. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think he. I think he's felt a bit. Um, I think he's since he won the title, it's felt a little bit like he's purposeless. Mm, Um, uh, Which, you know, that happens. Uh, I think it probably hasn't helped, though, that the COVID hit. And then as a result, it's like, you know, they weren't going to burn anyone above the level of Brody Lee for the the pay-per-view. And, like, God knows what they're going to do for the next pay-per-view. I mean, I feel like they could maybe do a Jericho rematch. It's just like, you know, they they don't want to rip through their money matches. You know what I mean? The other thing I'm wondering is uh, similar to how they they don't want to burn a big Moxley match. I think you know. Will they do FTR Young Bucks in the empty arena setting? Um, uh, like I really don't know. I mean, you have to eventually do something, you know. Especially for the pay per views, which are still on Fight TV, they're still making money off, you know. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um. Then we had, yeah, Butcher and the Blade in the kitchen, literally chopping meat. I didn't know he was an actual butcher. I thought that was just a nickname. <laughs> no. A... No, he's a butcher. He's just a butcher, a topless butcher. It's the Fred Elliott of AEW. I say, I say <laughs> it's the Fred Elliott of AEW. <laughs> and the Blade is Ashley. Ashley. <laughs> And uh, and then who would be Richard Hillman? You should have stayed at the party, Maxine. Mm-hmm. Kill, kill, hitting poor Emily Bishop in the oh, head. The, yeah, trying to gouge her yeah. eye out with a thing. <laughs> eye for an eye. Um, what did you just make of this match anyway? Oh, pretty good. Pretty Loved good, it, yeah. Good action, good action. Um, uh, I feel like the... Um, uh, Butcher and the Blade are kind of perfect for about the level they are. They are kind of jobbers to the stars. They don't, you know, they 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 get their odd win here and there, and they're always on TV. But they they are there to lose to the um, the main eventers, and that's fine. I actually have no problem with that because um, uh, I think they're both very talented, and I think they Butcher especially looks the part. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I, I enjoy them quite a bit, even though I feel like they're, I don't, I don't see them really advancing much further up the card, but I appreciate them in their, in their role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they're great. Uh, we haven't had a women's match. This was the debut of Ivelisse. Yeah. Yeah. They brought her in. I've, yeah. Ivelisse is someone who hasn't been able to stay in one place for uh, uh, any kind of considerable amount of time, um, which is a shame. Um, seems like she kind of can't stay out of her own way, but she is talented. Yeah. Um, 
match was okay. I, uh, no, nothing, nothing great, nothing terrible. Um, and yeah, I, I don't have much else to say about it. I, I don't think either of them are signed yet. I think we'll wait and see. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hangman Page match was all right. Um, I like what they're doing with the, the FTR and the Elite. It's kind of ticking along. Yeah. Hopefully that, yeah, that should build to something. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the main event of the show? I can't remember. The, um, Inner Circle versus Jurassic Express. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was all right. That was all right. Which was, yeah, quite fun. Um, yeah, Sammy Guevara back. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it, that, that that whole thing was a bit weird because it was kind of like he was being punished from a thing for years ago, um, you know, which, you know, deserved. I had no problem with him being punished. I, yeah. You know, you, you could have said maybe he should have been out a bit longer, but, uh, you know, if he stays out of trouble, you know, fair enough. Um, I think it was yeah. fairly well, well handled, I think, to be fair. Like, he, he course, said a stupid yeah. thing, a stupid thing, but, like, an understandably offensive thing. Um, if he, you know, went through the sensitivity classes or whatever he did, um, and he's, you know, legitimately sorry about it and, and understands now where he's coming from. I, you know, I think it was handled well, to be fair. Hmm. No, no, um, yeah. him being back either. Absolutely fine. No. He, yeah, he did his time. Uh, yeah, so he's back. And so, um. The inner circle reigned supreme to end the show. Um, yeah, not not, not many well, uh, hooks this week. Go on. They didn't really because while that should have been the end of the show, AW sometimes can't help themselves from having like three angles end the show. So Sammy Guevara returned and they stood tall, but then like best friends ran out and chased them off completely unnecessary okay. and then they're like oh by the way main event next week is all this okay but you could have had them end with Sammy Guevara returning which is anyway the focus of the ending angle and then announce in midweek what the main event will be you know there was no need for people to come out and chase them off and sometimes AW I feel that they can't help but have the end be chaotic for the sake of like chaos is exciting even where it makes more sense to have an ending that fits the story and isn't as chaotic. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. Um, and then yeah. did you guys see this list of the top 10 matches of the year from WWE.com? Oh, no. I bet it's no. great, though. No, I'll give you the list and we get your opinion, right? This is from 10 to 1. Top 10 matches of the year according to WWE.com. Number 10, fight pit match. Matt Riddle, Tim Thatcher from the May 27th NXT. Okay. Good, good match. I haven't, yeah. seen it. Yeah. I haven't seen it myself, but everyone who I know who's seen it said it was good. Uh, number mm. nine, winner take all title versus title. Adam Cole, Keith Lee from Great American Bash. Haven't seen it. I didn't watch it. I haven't seen it, yeah. Now, you want to sit down for number eight, okay? Because if you liked the fight pit match, and if you liked and saw or saw and liked Adam Cole, Keith Lee, uh, number eight, the men's and women's money in the bank ladder matches. You're having a laugh. You are having a like, laugh. That is, 
like even even if you like these cinematic matches, which I've liked some of them, that was the that was one of the worst things WWE has ever produced. It was painful. It did make me think, though. Like, I wonder what the internal opinion of that is. Like, what do they view it as a success? Retrospectively, of course they do. It was horrible. It was not good at all. Paul, they went into Vince's office and they oh, the out, like, five times, <laughs> and they, they scurried out like little school children. You know that he thought that was the greatest thing he's ever been a part of in his career. I, I think we talked about this last week. <laughs> I think we talked about it. Well, I think that we talked about it once a week. To be fair, <laughs> I think I said they should have had. Chris Masters in his underwear giving Vince a massage or something. Like, do something silly instead of get out! That's the punchline. Great. So that's the eighth best match of the year. Must be a fucking mm. terrible year they're having. Uh, number seven was a good match. I saw it. It was uh, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair from Wrestlemania. Yes, yeah, that's a good match. Uh, probably the, the, the best match from Wrestlemania both nights, I would say. Um... Number six, uh, Money in the Bank. Another Money in the Bank. Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins. Uh, it, was, it was okay. If, yeah, no. it's like if that's in your if that's in your top ten by the end of the year, you have fucked up pretty bad. <laughs> it's fine. It is fine, but you know. Yeah. Uh, number five, I didn't see it, but I believe I it was kind of thought of it highly. It was a Intercontinental Title Tournament Final AJ Style Daniel Bryan from SmackDown. I believe that was good. Yeah, that's fine. I heard, I heard it was good. Uh, number four, I'm surprised it's this low because it's probably the, I think one of the best things they've done all year. The Men's Royal Rumble match from Royal Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah it's good. Only four. Hmm. Only two places above Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins having a a decent match. Uh, number three, take over in your house. Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai. Uh, didn't mm, see it. See it. I don't even remember hearing much uh, praise for. It. Not say it's not good, but I don't remember like other matches on the list. I I heard were great. That one I don't remember hearing much about. Uh, number two, this is where we start dipping our toe into the river of irony here. Uh, number two. The greatest wrestling match in history, Edge versus Randy Orton from Backlash. Uh, <sighs> I mean, yeah, it was all right. but For as much time they spent promoting it as the greatest match ever, it's not even number one on their fake list, what, two months later? Yeah, how, how have they not put it at number one for that exact reason? And any guess what number one is? Um, uh, the Boneyard match. Yeah, number one Boneyard match. Undertaker, AJ Styles. Uh, I was, I knew it was, I knew it was going to be one of the cinematic ones, and that's the one I feel like they would go with. Yeah. To be fair, probably my favorite thing they've done all year. I know that some people aren't as high on as me. Uh, a lot of people preferred the Firefly Funhouse the following night, which isn't even on the list here, weirdly. Uh, it wasn't really a match anyway. But um, yeah, that's their that's their list of their top 10 matches. I thought it was an interesting list. Um, 
especially that money in the bank match being on there just just horrible um mm. not sure i'm gonna have any of them on my list come the end of the year but uh no but sure look uh, I think that's everything we have this week, isn't it? It was not a big wrestling news week in general. I don't think there was any major stories coming out. No, no, fairly quiet. Um, yeah, so uh, we we can call it there, but we'll we'll be back. Um, yeah, so I'm officially getting the keys to my new uh, abode on Thursday, but um, I am un- unlikely to have internet there. Um, by Sunday, so I may be a bit beyond again. If by some miracle I have it, I'll be here, but um, I, I don't suspect that will happen. Um, so you might have to go on without me again, but I'll be. I, I hope to God I'll be back uh, the week after, because um, I don't. I don't imagine it should take that long to get broadband set up in the year of our Lord twenty twenty. But we'll see. Um, yeah. So next week, folks, check in there. The lads going to give you an update on all the usual fun and games, wrestling, films, TV, all that other stuff. Paul, have a last check in, and uh, yeah. So um, thanks for listening, everyone. Chairshoppodcast.com at chairshoppod on Twitter, and uh, we'll be back in a bit. So until then, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Paul Griffin. Goodbye. And it's goodbye, from Mr. Joe Towner. Goodbye. <laughs>